0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Rap Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Dick.
1: I'm Elias Eldridge.
0: And I'm Sam Kenny. And before we head into the podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, make sure to comment, and also to subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcast, make sure to leave us a rating and also leave us a review. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter at Rap Chat Podcast, where we post new clips of the show every week. What is going on, guys? So excited to talk about this week.
2: Man, I, I know me too. You man. said this before the episode. You're like, uh, like excited to talk about the Spurs game, and then we've got the Bucks game tonight. Like, just like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, guys, and feel like, I feel like every team is team. getting kind of healthy right now, right? Like, the COVID protocols oh, have died down yeah. a bit. It's, it's fun.
1: Knock on wood.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Um,
1: yeah, man, it's been a great, entertaining. Week of Raptors basketball, man. Oh, man. Great 2022 so far. Totally. Mm-hmm.
0: And I feel like we're finally, like, yes. Like, we are... Not only are we finally seeing everybody back healthy, but, I mean, and we can talk about this during, like, to some, like you know, about the Spurs game, but I think we're also seeing a different level of continuity and connection between the guys, you know? I think we're really starting mm-hmm. to see some gelling happening, but, uh, you know, I'll let Sam do, do his game recap, and then we can get into everything. So... Today's structure of sure. the podcast, we're gonna be doing our game recaps and then we're gonna be heading into power forward list or small forward list or power forward list. Power forward power forward, power list. forward.
1: probably do player of the week before it's so uh,
0: sorry, yeah. So we'll do game recaps, player of the week, uh, p- our power forward lists, and then do looking ahead uh, for tonight against the against the Bucks.
2: Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. right. Okay. Uh, so I'll get right into it. Raptors played Let's the Spurs, uh, January fourth, first night of a back to back. We'll see how that mm. goes. Last game, a bit of a home stand. Um, you know, as the- I mentioned this yesterday, I was yeah. like, "Why
1: are all our home games happening right now when the arena is empty?" I know.
2: I, I, maybe that's <laughs> why we're <laughs> playing so well, though. You know, guys are shooting. There's less pressure. They're playing in front of their family. Maybe. Also, the,
1: the away team's probably like so thrown off. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah, last game of the homestand. We're actually back at home. We're only going to Milwaukee, then we're back, I think, against... I forget who we're playing, but we're back home soon. Um, first half, not going to lie, sloppy first quarter and first half of the second. Um, mm-hmm. The Raptors are really getting hurt by by my guy, Devin Vassell. <laughs> uh, three for four from three. Uh, and then Jakob Hurdle, all, all first half, was killing us inside, which I mm-hmm. guess gave me a little bit of pause about like, the size problem, right? Because Pirtle is kind of, like, one of the bigger centers, and he plays with force down low, and we really had trouble guarding him, and, like, some of the handoff actions, I felt like he was getting to that's the rim pretty easily.
1: That's something that you can see, like, if Jakob Pertle's doing that, like, what's MB going yeah, to totally. like, do? Yeah, that How's MB going to do, especially in the playoffs, too, when he's going to, like, really be the center of attention on offense yeah. for them? Yeah. So, uh, that is a concern, but...
2: But, I mean, man, the reason why, like... While the like the team itself, like Pascal got into foul trouble within the first couple minutes here. Um, I thought
0: that offensive foul was like so, a weird call. Like
1: it was, it was, it was some BS. That yeah, was that was call. so strange. I, I almost like I yeah. didn't,
0: I didn't even see anything. I was like, what? No, the, like what even what?
2: <laughs> yeah, that was that was weird. And then for some reason, like Nick took out Scotty for a minute. Yeah, like, what's going on here? Then I'm like, if Pascal gets his third foul that's right been, now, that's
1: been that's been their rotation. Um, the past few games been, where man. they'll start the game, they'll start the game with the five, and then. Yeah. They take Scottio for a few minutes and put in Kem. Yeah. And then they uh bring Scotty back in for I think they've been doing Pascal or OG, yeah. one of the two.
2: Well Pascal but, this time, yeah. right? Cause of because of the foul trouble. Yeah, because the fouls. Yeah. Um yeah. but this game I I thought like there's so many positives to take. The reason why this was still a game or like the Spurs didn't get out to that big of a lead, because the Stur- Spurs did start well, uh, was Fred Van Vliet, was just like his play yeah. continues. Uh he had thirteen points in the first quarter, played all twelve minutes. Uh three for five from three. And then Gary Trent Jr. really found a stroke uh in this first quarter. He's been kind of struggling shooting yeah. the ball of late. Um uh, but he was four for six and two for three from the three point line uh for ten points uh in the first quarter. And that was that's what really, you know, Pascal was on the bench and those two that backcourt, like they were awesome all game, but that first quarter was really important. Uh and we were actually up one after the first thirty to twenty-nine. Uh second quarter, the Raptors, the offense looked really clunky. But the defense was also really good at the beginning of that second quarter. Uh, the Spurs couldn't get out to much of a lead. The Spurs are also missing in this one DeJounte Murray, uh, Lonnie Walker, yeah. and uh, Doug McDermott. That's three. I mean, that's their yeah. best player and two key rotation players. Uh, yeah. And in DeJounte's case, their best defender. So, I mean, the Spurs defense is already really bad. But in this game, it was just like, man, when Fred was like super they, hot and they weren't even guarding him. Like,
1: yeah,
0: they wouldn't. They weren't at yeah, all. Like, they, they,
1: they they can't slow down Fred without Jonte Murray, man.
2: Yeah.
0: Yep. Well, and we've been we, like, we saw um we saw Pascal and Fred do do the same thing that we've been seeing the last couple games where Pascal will drive inside, kick it out to Fred, and Fred just got the open three. And at the end of the yep. day, it's like, I mean, like, I think sometimes on the well, at least some some of the plays on the Spurs, the Spurs must have thought that like, you know, Fred was just any other guard out there, especially when he was playing off ball. And it was like, yo, like, mm-hmm. you got to realize this guy has been scoring like 30 plus points for the last, you know, five, six games, man. Like you, you got to get out on him, man. This is our, this has been, he's been our key scorer, man. Like he's been, he's been that yep. guy. And I, I really think that like, you're, you're right. Uh, they just left him wide open.
1: He's shooting 50% from catch and shoot threes on the season. He's leading the league. Wow. In it.
0: That's yeah. crazy. I think he's, yeah. I also think he's
2: top three in the league and three pointers made per game. Um yeah and he's been just absurd like him and, him and Pascal's chemistry like I thought it was great Pascal gets in foul trouble early, early in the game and then he comes right back as if nothing happened and him and Fred are just clicking like yeah uh Fred found him twice in the first half on plays where Pascal had uh, Josh Primo on him down low and Fred mm-hmm. threw a couple beautiful uh hit-ahead passes just for the easy layup like that is such yeah. easy offense and if you can capitalize on that because like when you think about it with this big lineup one of Pascal, OG, uh, Scotty, are gonna have like that type of mismatch a lot of the time, uh, and for Fred yep. to be like looking up and to make that pass, like that's like those are like the easiest buckets you can get. Um, yep. for sure. I thought the bench uh, showed a lot of great things in the first half, especially uh, Chris Boucher. Um, the stat line tonight isn't gonna jump out at you. Uh, he only finished with uh, four points, seven rebounds, two blocks, two steals. I thought his defensive energy was awesome. Totally. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, That's like been some, consistent yeah. for the past little bit. Yep. And he's playing so like just smart within himself. Um I don't care I couldn't care less about the three point shot falling. Um not me either. He's officially he's especially it like, when he's not, he's not really like taking anymore. a whole
1: he's not, lot. He's of not randomly them. pulling.
2: Exactly. No, yeah, he's not. Yeah. He took uh how many take? He took two. Yeah. So and uh, it's like if
0: Chris Boucher takes he goes over two, two every game. Yeah, it's fine. zero for two every. Yeah. I'm just about to say like yeah, like it goes if you go zero for two, over three, one for three. You know like, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I, I can totally live totally with fine. Chris yeah. taking those shots. Yep.
2: yep. I'd rather yep. that than two for um, ten,
1: which he's done in the past.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want Chris inside and his defense. Like I think it's been uh, he had that tough game against Cleveland when everyone was out, but that was such a weird game. But ever since that yeah. awesome Philly game, he's just been in a small role but he knows I think he realizes like every game I'm getting like what 20 minutes off the bench basically I'm coming in playing good defense I'm al- he's almost always playing with startering players so he doesn't have to do yeah. too much he's got Pascal or Fred setting him up and I think that's been really working out for him um another one in the first half um Justin champenny hit two threes in the first yeah, half Yeah two corner threes
0: or yeah
1: no he was shooting with no hesitation no. oh my
0: god cuz he's His really struggling nice three.
2: It looked amazing. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, send his feet really quick. Yep. Yeah. and that
2: was one of the reasons, right? He didn't get drafted. Uh, was that three point shot because he defends at a high level, uh, great instincts like to cut and uh, great instincts on uh, getting on the old boards. And he had a nice tip in in the second half. Yeah, but like if that corner three is like a consistent shot for him, like that's a real role player. Like I think of him almost Absolutely. like a Yuta type of guy like smart yep. players who uh he's not as athletic as yuda but if he can develop the three-point the high shot, high energy yeah and fundamental and just knows how to play right knows how to make the right pass yep. uh reads the game well i think i i really like justin Champagne man um Me too. in that first half like seeing that three-point totally. shot go in and then the second he half plays he plays bigger than he is too totally yeah he's like what six five
1: He was six, five five for six yeah. i think yeah oh yeah
2: what? five or six um and in that second half, he hit an above-the-break three and a contested wing three, so yeah. showing it from all over the court. Um, second half, like uh, first half, the score was uh, we were uh sixty-eight to fifty-three. Um, just a really good all-around half. Like I like that we weathered some inconsistencies offensively, um, and we're able to like you know this is like we've seen the Raptors uh, against lesser opponents. Like like whether it was OKC, yeah, uh, I was about to say
0: OKC. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Um, we let the Magic hang around that one time, so it's nice to see the Raptors actually like take care of business, uh, which they've been doing recently. Um, Second half, uh, once again, Fred VanVleet, man, like every shot he took, I thought was going in. Like he had a ridiculous fadeaway bank shot at the end of the clock. Yeah, and it's like, of course that
1: goes in, right? (laughs) The turnaround at the free throw line, yeah.
0: No, well, um, and and I don't want like to listen. I'm not making any comparisons here. I remember we like we very we got to be very strict Michael on Michael Jordan. On, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm talking about comparisons, but man, oh, recently when Fred has been shooting the ball, I have been getting like Stephen Curry vibes in terms of how often that ball is dropping. Like like it's unbelievable yeah, sometimes. And the arc too. Yeah, it's just like yeah. he'll he'll yeah. take these shots and I'm just like and then they they, they just they just go in and I'm like there's no way, like there, it, it there's effortless. no fucking way. It,
1: it looks effortless, the same way Steph's shot looks effortless. Yeah, totally. And and he, he, he's barely he's barely doing anything; just goes right in.
0: Well, and I think another huge point we always have to make with Fred is that this guy is undrafted, undrafted. Sorry, is like you know what I mean, like it's easy to say this about players who you expect to perform in that sort of way, right? Like Stephen Curry, all these types of guys who are like John Moran, guys who are expected to, to perform at this level. Whereas we have a guy like, and it just, it just goes to show, like, I, I think just, just personally, I think it just goes to show that this whole development system that the Raptors have is the way of the future. I think this is the way that NBA teams have to start seeing NBA basketball instead of looking for picks, um, and 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 finding gems i think it's like you're going to you you might have a a much better chance at developing players who already have a great base um and our great fundamentals, but uh, you can you can you, Fred Van Vliet literally went from an undrafted player to an elite NBA player and now he's an elite NBA three-point shooter. Like when you watch him, he is mm-hmm. he is there's no question Fred Van Vliet is an elite NBA player. You cannot, there's no there's no world where that is not where that is a possibility right now that he's not a an elite player. And I, I think that um it just you know, when we talk about Scotty staying and people, people want it, we want to stick with this core group. I think that, one of the big one of the big reasons why there's a big motivation to stay with the Raptors is because we have this developmental mentality. We've got this mentality where it's like, mm-hmm. we are. If you grind for us, like Justin Champagne is another great example. If you grind for us, we will give you those minutes, and we're gonna develop you into the type of player that that uh, you want to be because you want to play in this league, but also the player that, that is gonna be a valuable player in the NBA in general. So, yeah, yeah, and, and these are the guys that Masai doing...
1: finds yeah these messiah finds these guys that are willing to work hard are willing to get there and like that's that's why it looks so consistent with us a lot of teams don't find these guys consistently because they don't look for guys who are strictly work ethic they come in to work and yeah. um, a lot of guys come in they play basketball but they also you know that it's not their main focus all the time but the guys that we yeah. get we evaluate and see what their main focuses are and if the number one thing is basketball and that's what we go for
2: and also for a guy like fred uh you know his size, his und- undisclosed height, uh, and <laughs> probably almost always the least athletic guy on the court. Like he, there's has no other option but to fully commit himself, right? He can't yeah, get by yeah. just on size or athleticism. He has to be like the hardest working guy out there, or else he's not an he's not an NBA player, right? If he's not the hardest working. Exactly.
1: Guy out there. Yeah. Like the the fact that he is. The built the way he is really says a lot, and doing as good as he is really speaks to his work ethic and really speaks to how hard he's grinded to be there and to be that good. Like that's not that does not come easy, man. No, absolutely (laughs) to be one of the best basketball players on the planet at at six feet, like (laughs) that's crazy.
2: It's it's pretty absurd, man. Um, keeping going with the second half, uh, we actually talked about this a bit in the group chat about how Elias, you brought up, you were a bit worried about Scotty's, um, usage rate. I thought the second mm -hmm. half actually. Was so Fred VanVleet said this in his interview after the game that he's kind of playing the Marcus Saul role, which is something we've talked about. And that when Scotty's getting the ball, he's really like Fred VanVleet is dictating a lot of the offense, and Pascal is. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Scotty's really getting guys in position. Like every time yep. he had the ball, he was making a positive play.
1: Yeah, totally. And I didn't think he, in the Ray, second half he was Ray, really when he gets featured. the ball too. Ray right when he gets he's the ball, his eyes are yeah looking everywhere. Yep. Yet. Man that yeah, that uh, highlight- that
0: no look pass to Pascal cuz like oh. uh, most players like uh, I can't remember who set the who 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 set the screen who or the or who's trying to take a charge uh, but one of the one of the spur I think it was Primo Okay yeah so Josh Primo um, tries to tries to set himself up so to to take a charge on on uh, Scotty and so honestly I think a lot of NBA players a lot of NBA players would have gotten called for that charge and they would have taken it right whereas Scotty he has this this yeah, I don't even know what to describe. This this super human sort of level of 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 court awareness, you know what I mean? Like he he didn't he didn't even look at Pascal a single time when he's taking that ball up the court. No. And he, he just knows just knew
1: Pascal probably said something. He just knows.
0: He knows exactly where he, he is. Just knows exactly And where to put a no-look dump-off pass. Scotty's able to step just in time out of the way to get out of the way of, to, of that screen to take a ch- for for um to get out of the way of that that charge. Um, and Pascal dunks the, dunks, dunks the ball. And I, it's just like, man, I love when the, bo- skulls, the ball's in Scotty's hands. Like I, I fucking love it.
2: And uh, I feel so confident for him. He's the, such the a good decision hands, maker. Um, yeah. more, more plays in the second half for him. He had that pass to Pascal. Then he had another one where he was trailing the play. Uh, Gary was dribbling it. Gary kind of uh, pitched it back to him. And then he had like a rocket Nolik pass inside to Chris Boucher. Uh, just something. That the left-handed one? Uh, no, it was, it was the one where he was just, it was the no one. Yeah. 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 And then he had another one, uh, on the left side of the court, second half, top, <laughs> top of the three point line where he somehow no look again. He, it's always a no look, uh, <laughs> know, bullet pass into precious precious blows the dunk. He gets the three point I know. play. Oh, oh
0: yeah. It. Right. Um,
2: but, man, and then uh, Scotty had uh, two, one nice little catch-and-shoot range, and then one really nice mid range where he took it to the middle of the floor, faded. Mm-hmm. I just thought he did. This kind of shows the type of player he is because he can have games where he explodes with step-back threes. But then he can have a game like this where he is, like, such an amazing positive on the court where he's yeah. just dictating the offense. It, it, I think because it, it's pretty, pretty special to have an impact on the game when you're having, you know, a, a play for, call for you every single time. Or in his case, just being a smart player, finding cracks in the offense, you know, pointing and telling guys where to go. Like, yeah, yep. man, he's so he's so it, special.
1: It, it, it seems like there's all, there's always a way he can impact the game, yeah. the offense on the defense, every 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 possession on both sides of the floor. There's something he is doing to positively impact the, the team. Yeah, I gotta say, yep. his oh, defense, really for defense this
0: game definitely stepped it up. He was he was really getting out um, and. Really getting to those spots, you know, like uh, one thing we that we know Scotty Barnes for for being a great defender for is being able to get to those spots Whether they're a, whether it's a big or or a small uh, Guard is being able to get to those spots and predict where they're gonna go And that's one of the the ones one of the things that makes you key in elite defender is being able to get to those spots And I I, I don't think there's anything um, I could complain about in his defensive performance this game I actually do remember he was he was uh, guarding Jakob Pertl and uh, down low, and and kind of went up for this like hook shot, and Scotty had his arms straight up in the air, and and he. He he did he did such a great job guarding a guy who's who ha, like in terms of height has outsized him, but um, he did it didn't look like it. He like he he was he was so strong and and held his position on the court not to uh, foul him or anything, but to uh, keep himself uh, straight upright and uh, have a great defensive position. And then uh, Jakob, I'm pretty sure like uh, I, um, he missed the shot for sure, but I can't remember if it was like a super bad miss. i pretty I'm pretty sure it was. But uh, it was one of those plays where it's like you could really trust Scotty to, to guard pretty much anybody and you're going to be fine.
2: All right. Uh, next guy I want to talk about is OG Ananobi. Um, I think his return... I mean, we got to think about it. He's basically not played since the middle of November. And his return yeah. has been a little bit up and down. This game, uh, I'm not worried about the three-point shot at all. I, we He's proven time and time It'll again. Count. He's a consistent 40% three-point shooter. Um, the one thing I would like to see... Uh, improve a bit as we go forward is the decision making. I feel like he's the one guy right now in that starting lineup who's really kind of letting the ball stick. And then with him, when the ball sticks, he's not, doesn't have the same awareness as a guy like Pascal does to post up and pick out open men or see the double team coming. Uh, And I think he's gotten to a few plays where he's kind of just put his head down and lost where he is. Um, I think a lot of that does come with like experience and time and he has shown signs that he can be a really good passer or a good passer. I just, I'd like to see his just. He, it almost looks like the game's coming a little bit slow to him right now, or a little bit fast to him.
1: I, I think uh, part of that is probably that he he needs to gel with this because it's a whole new uh, lineup he's playing with yeah. too, right? Um, so that's gonna be one thing. And I think yeah, but like like you said, he's pretty, I think he has some tunnel vision right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's also because he hasn't been, yeah, be, he hasn't been able to be himself yet because the injury. So he's really just trying to get back to himself. He's kind of forcing it. Um, yeah. And that that'll happen. I mean, we we saw that with uh, we've seen with Gary before. We've seen that with Pascal many times before. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So it, it doesn't it doesn't worry me. But like, I definitely think the uh, the court awareness is has been a noticeable issue. Totally. Lately. But I, I think that'll come with uh, getting more gel with the lineup and knowing where everybody's gonna be. Um. And yeah.
0: I and another thing too is I think it's also NBA minutes. I mean, you can practice all you want in in, in practice, but you already have a a um. I mean, you you know so much about the guys that you play with and the guys that you practice with when you when it comes to playing NBA minutes and when it comes to playing actual like being out on the floor and feeling that real game sort of flow. um, It's definitely different. So and, and let's face it, like like out of all the Raptors, OG's probably missed the most games, has he not?
2: Oh, I think so. I yeah. Think so. yeah, like yeah. for sure. And the
0: main guys, yeah. And uh, especially because now, what is he played only six games now with all of the with Pascal and Fred and Scotty. So
2: yeah, something like that. If that.
0: Yeah. So it's it's uh, yeah, it's tough. And and I think that maybe, um, I mean, OG. I think one of the reasons why I think is OG is refer- reverting to the stuff he knows he can do. You know, like dribble, drive, like he knows, and take people down low. He knows he can do that sort of stuff. He knows he can make the hustle plays, and not that not that he he isn't making those plays. He is, um, but yeah, we we do need him to maybe f- uh, get into that flow a little bit more and fit with the team a little bit more, uh, so that it's a a little bit more synergy between the guys. Instead of when OG gets the ball, it's kind of the lone wolf sort of thing. Yeah, yeah
2: that's I, I think, and I think he'll get there. Just totally, uh, totally. Would like to see that ball move he a little will. bit quicker when he, when he gets it um yeah. all right just, just some final stats from this one um Fred VanVleet finishes uh with 33 uh and 7 on 12 of 23 shooting 7 for 14 from 3 and then Pascal Siakam finishes with 18 and 12 his rebounding continues uh five assists again and uh, two for two from the three point line, so that's good to see from Pascal. Sam,
0: I have a question. How many of those rebounds were of, of, offensive rebounds for Pascal? Uh, he had
2: two offensive.
0: Okay, yeah, because I was thinking, I was like, it goes so un uh, like the. His, I mean, uh, Pascal's rebounding goes so unnoticed because I feel like offensive rebounds are noticed a lot more than defensive rebounds. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he's been he's been just absolutely crashing those boards.
2: Oh, he's been awesome. Like that, we need that right. From um, if we're not going to play with the center. Uh, someone like yeah, him and Scott totally. and Scotty at nine boards. Scotty finishes just shy of a triple-double uh, 11 points nine rebounds eight assists uh, with only yeah, one die. turnover uh, Gary Trent jr. Nice bounce back game with 21 points on 8 of 16 shooting uh, And then og finishes with 19 and 7 rebounds off the bench precious 10 points and Justin champenny with 14 points Yeah wow,
0: um, Good for Justin career high
2: yeah man good for Tulsa Champagny. Uh and oh I yeah, forgot man. to mention this before the game but uh Sfee and Yuta were both out of this one uh in health and safety protocols. So the only Raptor to not hit health and safety protocols now is Chris Boucher. Ooh. So uh, I guess is that a good I don't know like maybe that like ends up like all the guys have gone through it now like we don't have to worry about it but I mean
1: have we seen have we seen someone go in twice?
2: I mean uh I don't know. I don't know. I think
1: Precious... Did, didn't Precious go in twice, actually? I'm not sure. I think sure. he didn't the start of it. I think he was in at the start yeah, of the season. Yeah, he that does when, sound familiar. B- before yeah, this huge oh, wave. Cam Birch went. Before the huge wave, he was Cam. in. And Cam. Cam Birch. No, was it Cam? Cam, was it Cam? yeah. Kim. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah.
2: I guess you can go um, in as many times, right? Because you can go in if you're just like close to someone, but you won't be in as long if you test negative. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so hope those guys are all right. Um, well, and,
0: do you know... Uh, even if uh, some some of the guys get end up actually getting COVID, I'm pretty sure Ontario reduced the days of isolation to five now instead of ten. Yeah, so it's down to five. Even even if they do, you know, get end up getting COVID, at most these guys are probably gonna miss like two games um, because they're probably gonna want to be back anyways. I mean, it's not that they would be functioning at full at full you know um, force, but at the end of the day. You know that isolation is period is shorter, so at least we could see them in practice sooner than we would have uh, in the under yeah. the previous rules,
2: or they can go to yeah. the gym or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah, get back. Um. All right, that's that's all I've got for this one. Great win, Raptors win uh, 129 to 104. Uh, if you guys want to move on to uh, player of the week, unless you have other big thoughts from this
0: one. Uh, there's two things I want to say uh, about no, this I... game. Sure. Uh, I think the one of the things that I wanted to say was. If there was anything that I noticed, there was a lot of pushing the basketball this game, a lot of transition basketball. Um, I honestly think that was a theme throughout the, this whole game. I think as soon as we saw, especially with Pascal, I think as soon as we saw Pascal and Scotty grab a rebound, it was right to the other end, right to the other end. I think we saw a lot of points, especially for Pascal. Um Coming from as soon as he gets the defensive rebound, he's running to the other end, and either he's scoring or he's getting an assist. Um, and, and I was going think... to make
1: that point that I, I was going to make that point that uh, I think a big reason why that ball is getting pushed so much is when Pascal and Scotty are the guys that are running the floor, yeah. because in a, these guys aren't actual point guards right now anyway. They haven't done it enough, so they can't they can't run half court sets uh, as good as a regular point guard could. So when they're running the transition, they're leading that transition. That's where they thrive, right? As the as the primary ball handler, um, so they're getting. They're, that's what they try to do. They try to get it and run it. Yeah, like you said, it's it was big this game.
0: Yeah, and um, damn, I can't, can't. I don't think I remember what I was gonna say. Um, no, sorry. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Never mind. I, mostly the the main the main thing I did actually have as a, as the point was the, uh, the transition basketball. I was I was just very that's... impressed to see us. Uh, being able to do that because I think that's one of the that was that's another one of the things that I think we do as a team. Uh, maybe we've seen less of in previous games, but uh, I think we saw it a lot. Uh, oh, actually, sorry, I do remember the last thing I wanted to say was um, I think that we out of our at least from our offense, we were rolling. We were absolutely rolling this game. I think we we uh, one of the reasons why we struggled in the first and part of the second quarter was. Um, just because of our defense I don't really think anything bad was coming of our offense. This was another one of those games where the game it feels like we're winning, but actually we're down maybe a couple points but uh, our offense this whole this whole time it was it was immediate pass screen roll it was uh pass shoot dribble in like like we were it was it was one after another uh great plays great chemistry and um I think we all had a had just such a great mindset going into this game, and, and it seemed like there was a there was a, a flow. I can't. I, is, I'm struggling to find the actual word, but it was a sort of a, a fast-paced roll to the game that it seemed like we were just we were just firing through our sets. We knew what we were doing every time we got the ball. We were finding each other, and and it, and it was just nice to see that because I don't really think I've seen much of that this season, honestly, besides the the New York game and and this Spurs game.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the chemistry's looked great uh, with everyone healthy. Like the offense has just been so much better than I could have predicted before the season. Right. Um, the, I, yeah, I actually the, predicted the chemi- bottom five. So
1: <laughs> you did. Um, the chemistry's been like surprisingly really good because like they mm-hmm. barely played together, right? But they all. I mean, it's still shaky at times. You can still see that they've only played a few games together at times. Um, but also, like, I think part of it is you got to remember these guys, a lot of them have already played together for a long time. A lot of them know what their their habits are. Um, and a lot of it is transition basketball, which is a big part of it, because you don't really need a lot of chemistry to have a good transition basketball team. Um, you just need guys that are willing to run and have good uh, quick decision making, which we do. Um, but yeah, no.
2: Uh, all right. Player of the week. Player of
1: the week. Let's do it. Go ahead. One of you guys. Um, I'll, I'll start it off. I'll start it off. So my player of the week, uh, believe it or not, is uh, our all-star <laughs> Fred VanVleet. I think it's. I think Man, we should Fred honestly Van just Vliet. say like our,
0: our player of the week. Does yeah, anyone? Our yeah, player yeah of the our player. Yeah, our player of the rap week. Rap this chat player of the just week. One of us. This is all, all of us. So <laughs> yeah. why don't we just go the and say player of the week. you know what we liked about Fred?
2: Yeah, let's shower Man, Fred with Fred. Friends.
1: So I saw a stat a few hours ago. Also, Fred VanVleet. Take this in for a second. Fred VanVleet is the first player. In NBA history to have back to back 30 point, five assist, five three, zero turnovers in a game.
0: Wow.
1: So wow. Steph Curry's never done that. Chris Paul's never done that. Kyrie Irving's never done that. Damian Lillard, Steve Nash, the list goes on. That's only that's not that's f- just having no turnovers with five assists, five threes, and thirty points. That's back-to-back so games. Insane. That's, he's the first guy ever. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I, I it just my goes mind. to show, like, just,
0: it's, how much of an unselfish player Fred is, and well, it uh, shows.
1: It shows the IQ. It shows the lack of turnovers. Yeah. That's the big. I think that's the big part because a lot of guys will get 35, 30, 30 points, five assists, and five threes, but it's the turnovers that don't do it. What he's doing is insanely rare, and I like. Again, I if he doesn't make the All Star team, part of me will understand. But part of me also just thinks he really deserves some recognition for what he's doing this year. Cause what he's doing is absolutely insane. And you take his height into account, his athleticism into account. He is not a regular looking NBA player <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. No. He's, he's about, he's about, he's about five inches shorter. Um, he's about, his vertical is probably 10 inches lower than it should be, but he's making <laughs> these crazy plays. He's making these huge, uh, historic feats. And, uh, no, just, and I guess we're just going to talk about player of the week. His past week has been exceptional in some of the best Raptors, individual Raptors basketball I've ever seen.
2: Um, one other stat, I guess. he's This week, his, uh, his just his numbers from this week, 31 points, 35 points, 33 points, 9 assists, 5 assists, 7 assists, uh, 4 made 3s, 7 made 3s, 7 made 3s. He's the first. Uh, he's, he's the only Raptor other than Kawhi Leonard to have 30 points in three straight games. Um wow. And, and I just got a, I was so wrong. I always knew Fred Van Vliet was gonna be a good player. And even coming into the season though, I never thought he could be like your lead guard best player. Like I just I didn't think he could be like a full time point guard, and he is totally yeah. He has balanced his scoring with the passing. He fits so well with our other pieces. Like well, we can't ask anything more of him. His defense has been awesome. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, if there's if there's if there's
0: great. one word to describe Fred Van Vliet, I think it's just elite. Like it's yeah. just he he's truly uh I, like I don't it's so it's so crazy. Like I mean, I don't want to like just I don't want to overstate how good Fred is, but uh, over these yeah I'd I'd say within the past ten games he's played like a true NBA superstar. Like it, like yeah I, I I watch him and I'm just like this is incredible. Like they it is so hard so hard to score thirty points on a consistent basis in the NBA and have a three-point su- three shooting percentage as high as his, and uh, especially over the last 10 games. And, and it's, it's just, honestly, it's so remarkable. It, it makes me feel so, have so much faith in our, in our, in our organization and in our mentality as an organization and, and as a team, because it just goes to show that these are the type of, these, he's our poster child, fred is our poster child like he is the one he him and pascal are the two guys that you can look at and say we made those guys like like they are where they are because of because of who they are and because of our team we we choose guys like these on purpose we go after guys like these because of who they are and if you are a guy like this it just goes to show how far you can go in this league because elias just as you said looking at his at his player profile like there, there's not, there would be nothing special about about him, you know. There, that's why he went undrafted. If you look at strictly at at his mm-hmm. at his objective profile, no stats or anything like that. He's yeah, he's like a six foot, maybe sub six foot guard. Like you know, he's, he's he he he. There's nothing particularly about his game that would stand out to you. But now, uh, given given his his unbelievable development, and also let's let's also mention he's only twenty seven. Um, you know it's it, he is still a young player in this league, and I think yeah. we have we honestly I think we we have still yet to see the best of Fred Van Vliet in my opinion. I still I think we still have yet I to agree. see the best.
2: Yeah, he's he's entering his prime. Like this is he's entering his prime right now. Totally. Um, yep. and we're we talking prime. about it's these, making me like, tear up, gaudy... guys. I'm
0: like, whoo, <laughs> We're talking we his
2: <laughs> gaudy, gaudy offensive numbers, and he has a case for all NBA defense. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Um and again, just, he is six feet tall and a stubby boy. Like <laughs> no one five saw this five. coming. Yeah. None <laughs> of us can say we saw it coming. No. Nobody nope. saw it. Masai Jury nope. probably didn't see this coming. He no. he probably thought we got a solid backup point guard at best when we picked him up. Yeah. Yeah. Like and now now he's a he's a borderline, I think, all star I think he is an all star, but he's, oh, he's uh, he an all star. A borderline all star. He is an all star. Um, um I, I want to make this point also. I think yeah. any Raptors fan who watches these games will tell you he's an all-star. Um, and then, I mean, uh, I, I watch like uh, Sam does too. We watch a lot of the NBA just in general. We watch a lot of, like all around, and worst, unbiasedly, I will say he's an all-star. But if you if you don't watch the Raptors basketball, a lot of non-Raptors fans won't say he's an all-star. They simply won't because he's on the Toronto Raptors, and his numbers look the same as uh, like Russell Westbrook's if you look mm-hmm. at stat the stat lines. Um so people are going to be like, oh, well, then why isn't Russell Westbrook an all-star? I I, I want you non-Raptors fans to go watch a ne- the next Toronto Raptors game. And I want you to see what he's doing right now. And I want you to take into consideration the size of him because it is I, it is seriously unheard of. <laughs> like I, I think this needs to be talked about more among the league because you don't see his name spread around right now. You see it on, on the Toronto Raptors pages, but you don't see this on, on NBA's page or on Bleacher
0: Report or things like that. Um, seven three-pointers but come whoa. on seven like like how can how can they post <laughs> literally anybody but the raptors and anybody but fred van vliet like that just pisses me off man they they don't, they don't give a canada the fair share especially when canada has uh this the the most players outside of the u.s um in the nba and they still don't show us love it's like yo like Aside from Americans, we have the most players that are playing in the NBA, and especially Spurs. The Spurs, like, look at a guy like Josh Primo. This guy is unreal. Like, like, give some respect to Canada basketball, whether it's whether it's the Toronto Raptors or just guys coming out of Canada in general.
2: Fred, mm-hmm. I just I, I didn't realize he was shooting this well. Is shooting forty percent from three on nine attempts a game.
1: Like nine attempts, that's dude. That's crazy. That's a lot. That's <laughs> and like I said. He is he is shooting 50% on catch and shoot threes, which is number 1 in the NBA and it, he is the number is he's 66 for 132. Wow. So he's made half of 132 catch and shoot threes, man.
2: That's man, he's At six he, he's elite man. Beat Tall. He's elite. <laughs> he's,
1: elite. <laughs> he's elite. He's elite. Oh, he's an yep. All-Star.
2: Get him get him to the All-Star game. He's, he's probably not going to be a starter, but just get him in there as a reserve. Like God, that's that's crazy, man, to go from undrafted uh to one of the best I think, point guards in the league. I,
1: I hope because again, a lot of uh, non-Raptors fans would probably put Lamelo Ball over Fred VanVleet in the All-Star game. You, the, I love Lamelo Ball, man, but the skill, the the difference right now, Fred's has him beat so much. It's both ends. Like, it's both ends too. It's, it, it is both. It's, yeah, I, I don't, we're beating a dead horse right now. I feel like, but just, <laughs> I, we just we're trying to we're really trying to emphasize like Fred VanVleet is the man, dude. Like, yeah, totally. You know, he is. Totally. He is something. He's a different breed.
2: Um. All right. Well, we just talked about one of the shortest guys. I think it's probably time to talk about some tall guys. Um. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna continue. Like <laughs> we're gonna continue <laughs> our uh, our top ten positional uh rankings and we are now on power forwards so we're almost at yeah, the a- uh the end here um this, this was is the most excited
1: i've been this is the most excited I've yeah been this, this was
2: a crazy list i am excited to see yeah. i want i kind of wanted to do what luke did at one point because like this is my favorite position to watch just because all the versatility it, like it most of my, my favorite it, yes. players are power forwards um but man this this was Except hard for Dem- to Devin do to like yeah he, he
1: can transition no, this was this forward. was He can be everything. Um, No, this is a really hard one, dude. I switched it so much. I made. I we'll we'll get into it. I don't want to talk about too much. Yeah, let's let's Um, dive right in. Let's dive. Luke, are you
0: gonna do ten or five? Five, five for me. Okay, okay,
1: okay.
2: Uh, Awesome. Uh, Go ahead, Elias. Then.
1: I'm. I'm going first. All right. My, (laughs) I'm so excited for years. Uh, My number ten power forward in the NBA is John Collins. Oh my God, Um, you're so different. Okay. Really? Oh my God. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Oh, dude. (laughs) So uh I had I had probably two or three more guys that could've that could have beat John Collins here. Um <laughs> I wanna shout out Tobias Harris, he's did not make my list. Um he did, he just doesn't he doesn't he doesn't do enough for me. He's uh he's a scorer and a shaky one at that, especially this season. Um another one was Miles Bridges, he did not make my list. Um not enough two way action. Uh John Collins has become a better defender. Uh, Over the years, because I remember what playoffs it was. It was a couple years ago when he had to play center in the playoffs. Last year, was it last year? No, but no, but it was uh, last year. He did it pretty well. But I'm saying uh, there was one year where it it was really exposed that he could not play center. And this, I think this this is before he's even like a good shooter. He's shooting forty percent from three this year. Um, This is before he became a a good shooter. He had to play center, so what he 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 was a very uh, he was a down low power forward, which is not. Which is not what ideal in the NBA right now, so he had to play center for a playoff series. I think it was against Philly, maybe. Um, and he, uh, and he got really exposed. He was like, "Wow, he can't be a five, and he can't shoot. Tough." And his his defense is getting really exposed. Um, then last season, he had to play center for a bit when uh, Clint was out for a little bit during the playoffs, and he really stepped up. And this season, he says he's had his best defensive season. Um, and again, shooting forty percent from three, and he is just a he's a strong dunker. He's a very aggressive finisher. Um can can be a solid room protect. I think his rim protection is still uh not where it could be, but I, I could definitely he's still really young, right? So that'll that can improve. Um but yeah, John uh, Collins, number ten.
2: Yeah, one of the best uh uh like supporting guys in the league. Um Oh he
1: he he's ideal for Trey Young.
2: Yeah. 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 Uh my number ten is Miles Bridges. Uh, He did make my list. Uh, He's had a breakout year this year. I always liked Miles Bridges as like an off the bench sort of spark plug. Could pass a little bit. uh, Super athletic. But this season, uh, his three point shot has kind of fallen away. I'm not super worried, though. I think it'll even out maybe around 35%. Uh, But like on the offensive end, he can do so much now. His shot creation has really grown. Uh, He can really get to the rim. He can punt his mismatches. Uh, He can play a bunch of positions. Uh, He can be a roll man. He can be a popper. He can handle the ball in the pick and roll. I think he's a great fit next to LaMelo. He does a lot of the shot creation like down the stretch for the uh, Hornets uh, over even Hayward. Uh, And I just, the defense has to come around. He's got the tools to be a good defender. So I think he can definitely get better. Um, But it's like, I think he's such a consistent force on the offensive end. I think you could just rely on him like basically giving you 20 20 points, seven rebounds, few assists a game, uh, and can just fill a bunch of different roles. Like I could see him being like a fourth option and being super, uh, like a, like super impactful or on like a yeah. lesser team being the second option and still doing a really good job. Um, yep. So yeah, Miles Bridges is my number 10.
1: Yeah. The reason I didn't put Miles Bridges on is cause I did not seen it long enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of, I guess I'm kind of going against my number nine, I'll say my number nine. Whenever I kind of just totally went against what I just said, but my number nine Evan Mobley.
2: <laughs> my nine too.
1: Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, okay. So I guess let me go back to where I thought Miles Bridges. I I feel like I haven't because John Collins Miles Bridges is really tough for me. Um, the reason I didn't put Miles because I love Miles Bridges too. I really wanted to put him on, but the reason I didn't is because the start of the season he was outstanding. And now I feel like he's kind of falling back to earth, and um, you see his stats. He's still almost averaging twenty a game, um, but I feel like what he's been doing the past two months—I don't want to say that's not close to what he's doing the first or past month. I don't want to say it's not even close to what he's doing the first month of the season, but um, I think those stats are really balancing out where the st- he started out h- really hot and now he's kind- he's had some pretty cold games, yeah, um, some pretty inconsistent games so that was my thing with, uh, I feel like John Collins was more, it uh, has been more consistent um, but yeah, Evan Mobley by number 9 you can you can make a, a legitimate argument for all defensive team for Evan Mobley as a, as a rookie, he's uh, awesome, absolutely man. and and uh, Sam and I have this discussion a lot about Evan Mobley because we, we talk about the Rookie of the Year debate with him and Scotty Burns um, and uh I a, a m- about a month ago, I guess. Um, this before I was watching a ton of Cleveland games. I've been watching a lot of Cleveland games recently. Um, but before I was watching a ton, I was like, "Yeah, he's good. He can he can defend solidly. But man, when you actually watch him, he can do it all. His length takes up ha- like the half the width of the damn court, dude. <laughs> like, and he he can guard on the perimeter. His his feet are quick enough, and he's he just turned twenty, I think. Like, he's yeah, so young. He's he's um, next
2: level, man. Like his defense is." the best rookie defense I've personally seen in my lifetime of watching basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like I think I can agree with that. I think the offense, like the other night, he had a great game where he was hitting pull-up jumpers. Um, he can finish inside. He can be a roll man. I think the three-point shot will come around. Uh, a great passer for his position and the defense. Like Cleveland plays three seven-footers, one of which is Larry and not super uh, versatile defensively. And Jared Allen, I Deuce, hated... I hated it before no. this.
1: I hated the start, of, the idea of that, at the start of the season. I hated it when they signed Markin, and I was like, "What? What?" Yeah, they have all these big guys. Going to bring Markin off the bench for sixty-five million dollars, but no, they yeah. had, they're starting off three, and it's working incredibly. And and, well. and, and
2: it works because of Evan Mobley, right? Because he can
1: guard three exactly. through five. Exactly. He can switch. Yeah. Uh, he, and buy- his, his length hides Markin and Markin. He's had yeah. a better defensive season, but it's not like Mobley hides his his uh, his p- relatively poor defense. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. Uh, you know, I, I'll move on to number eight. I then. Th- yeah, I just want to say one last <laughs> thing. I think Evan Mobley okay. can be can be just as good defensively as Rudy Gobert on the interior, um, just as good as Draymond Green on the perimeter. I think his offense could be just as good as Anthony Davis's.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's so special, man. I think he can like,
1: be. I think he could be something crazy. Yeah. He, um, he's got the yeah, like. Anyway,
2: there's really no ma- massive weakness in his game. No, there's not. Um, um, all all right, right, my number, number eight. eight. Yeah, uh my number 8 is Julius Randle. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I so, okay, okay. really I really dropped Julius Randle. I uh well, I'm personally not high on him I at all. It. I think I his career it. I thought last year was a bit of a fluke uh season for him. I think he's much more like the New Orleans and this season's type player uh than he is last year's player. The defense has completely disappeared this year. Uh, the shooting was last year was really like, I don't want to say lucky because he obviously puts the work in, but like it was a lot of contested shots, uh, shots that weren't really like sustainable. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I, I knew Luke would laugh at that.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I, was waiting, I was waiting to hear it.
2: <laughs> and uh, the, th- the three point shot is sort of there that the deep twos, like you don't know what you're getting from every night. You're the turnovers, like the playmaking's fine. Like it's good. But why like the shot selection's not the, good. the shot selection's bad. I think a lot of it is because he's on a team where he's asked to do way too much, but at yep. the same time, if he's on a team with better players and he's just sitting in the corner, what's he bringing to the table? and I just feel like my guy's ahead of him while they're it might not they might not be as like they might not have like the, as big a moments as uh, Julius Randle, I think they can consistently provide like really high level impact no matter what team they're playing on. And that was sort of my mm-hmm. criteria for dropping him down. And I just really think his offensive style—it really hurts your team. Like he's, like we were talking about how the Knicks really fell back this year, and his play has got to be one of the main reasons for that, right? Um, yeah, totally. And this—if if he was—if he was like a consistent good defender, he'd probably be my top six. It's just the de- like—he's not even giving anything on that end, so I—I I have trouble ranking Julius any higher.
1: Yep. Um, no, that's all fair. Um, okay, my number eight. <laughs> I'm gonna get some some Elias's bias here. Oh wow, <laughs> my number eight. My no- my number eight is Scotty Barnes. <laughs> wow, he did not make um, the list. I I assume well, that's why I was like whoa when you said Julius Randall because I was like no way he's higher <laughs> than eight. Um, <laughs> so Scotty Barnes, my number eight, because he's still my rookie of the year. So Evan, Mo- it's not Evan Mobley right now. The the reason, okay. The way I like, I try to rank all during all these lists. I rank how much they bring to a team, and I think Scotty Barnes brings so much positivity to a basketball team. And I don't think he, I think he brings relatively no negativity to a basketball team. He can play make for you. His rebounding is extremely good. Um, he's turning into a, a score b- before our eyes, and he is he was now it's not what he was in college. So his development has has become very rapid, and. Um, I mean, simply put, we talked about Scotty Barnes all season. I won't get too into him, but I think I think really he just he brings so much to a team, uh, so much. And him and Evan Mobley, I was I'm still really close in the whole thing, but uh, as a Toronto Raptors fan, I'm gonna put him over a little bit. But uh, I think they both bring so much to a team. That's why they're both in my list. Like uh, over Tobias Tobias Harris, I don't think he brings much to a basketball team. Um, to be honest, I think no. he brings scoring, and his defense isn't good. And even his scoring hasn't been good this year, really, um, for what he's used to doing. And um, Miles Bridges, again, I think he's too inconsistent. I think like Scotty Barnes, every night you're going to get something great from Scotty Barnes, whether it's scoring, whether it's passing, whether it's his defense. um, There's always going to be something there. Um, So, yeah, that's why I had Scotty Barnes.
2: Yeah, he was my next cut. He was my 11th guy, and he was on my list for a little bit as well. Um, But I just thought uh, my thing was Miles Bridges. I think I can trust the scoring a little more, and I just kind of wanted to give him some love. I had a feeling he yep. was probably going to crack yours. And then I've I've kind of yeah. always been like him and Mobley are right there, rookie of the year for me, but I've always leaned a bit Mobley. Um,
1: mm-hmm. that's, yeah, like I, that's, if, Mobley if Mobley got it, I'm not complaining. I think he, he's he been the the stellar. Fa- They've yeah. both been stellar. Um, the fact that we're even yeah, talking okay. about
2: Scotty Barnes in this context is, is pretty crazy.
1: Um, it's absolutely crazy. That's even ridiculous. like not, even would, conversation for this. Would not have seen it coming. <laughs> everybody, go- everybody was going crazy when we drafted them. <laughs> Everyone's was like, you didn't take sucks. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> I was too. I was going crazy.
1: <laughs> I wasn't. I'm, I'm going to flex that for this whole career casual. that I, was, yeah, I, I'm a I called it. Um, <laughs> okay. I'll I'll go, we'll go. So I'll go back first. So I'll see my number seven now. Yeah. First. Go ahead. Okay. My my number seven is uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Mine um, as well. Okay. Um, oh wow. So you had someone really high on your list. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, for me. His offense has been real consistent uh this season and um I think his I don't get me wrong I think he's a great defender but I think uh I don't think his he's not I don't think he's much of a, a team defender if that makes sense I, I think I think what he can do individually on the defensive end is is, is good uh, is really good um but I think I think he he's not a defensive anchor uh, that, that at least that I want him to be um, so I think just the combination of shaky, uh, shaky offense, shaky shooting, mostly, um, and um, and his defense is still great, but it's it's not it's not upper tier in my opinion. Um, I think just the combination of those things brings you to a, a him being seven on the list. Because um, just ultimately, def- defense you know you're going to get good, but every night. But uh, his offense, you don't really know what you're going to get from every night, and uh, that's kind of is my penalizer for
0: him.
2: Yeah, I've I've got Jaron at seven as well. Um the offense, the three point shot is really shaky. Um, but he has gotten a lot better inside and, and he can actually get to the rim and do yeah. some stuff off the dribble now. And then I'm a little higher on the defense than you are. I just I love his versatility on that end. And I do mm-hmm. think in the future he can transition to a five like a full time five. I think he's got the size uh to do it. So I'd I'd really like to see his defense as a five full time. He's not quite there yeah. yet, because he still fouls a lot. Um,
1: and and that's that's kinda where I'm hesitant with this defense because I don't know what he can do really at a five yet. Um yeah. we, haven't seen him, we haven't seen him at a five much. So that's kinda where I'm why I'm hesitant with it. Um but yeah, no. I yeah. I, I think as I, I definitely do think his defense is great, though.
2: All right. My number six, I actually had this guy at number five for a little bit. Um wow. but I I have John Collins at six. Um Wow. Here's my reasoning. John Collins has Probably, well, he's got, I think, Jaron Jackson, Mobley, uh, Scotty Barnes, they all have way more potential than him. Uh, He hasn't had the highest as highs as Julius Randle. I think, though, a guy that you can trust to be a 40% uh, three-point shooter and one of the best rollers in the league is, like, kind of the perfect guy beside Trey Young, and I think that should still be rewarded. His defense, his upper, like, above-average defense um, can guard fours, can give you minutes at the five. Uh, he's shown the ability to show a bit of stuff in the mid post uh, when you need to, you know, give it down to him. He can get a bucket, uh, you know, in a limited role. Uh, and yeah, I'll, I I just I think I really like the thought of having. I think it's super valuable to have a guy you're throwing out there every game, and you know exactly what you're getting from him every single night. Uh, and I think it's we talk all the time about like these stretch bigs. And I think John Collins might be one of the best that isn't like an also like Jokic. Like I think the fact that you can shoot 40% uh, while also like being one of the best rollers in the league. I think that's super valuable. And I think a lot of that is because of Trey, but I think John Collins is, he's not as good as this guy by any means. But like almost like the Amari Stoudemire to Steve Nash like for Trey. He's not as sure. individually skilled totally. as Amari, but I just yep. I love his dynamicness to Trey, and I think like I I think he's almost been like he's not going to make the All Star team for me, but if they had a better record, I think he'd totally be in consideration for me.
1: Um, yeah, no, the, the thing that uh, held me back with John Collins was what can he really do without Trey Young? No, yeah, that was not my, much. That that that's exact. So like I I I I, I want to see him without a without one of the best passes in the league to. I mean, hey like I think that's the whole thing I put Mobley and Barnes on cuz I think Mobley and Barnes can do what they're doing at any team. Um mm-hmm. I don't know what John Collins can do without without a Trey Young. Yep. So that was my that was my whole thing with it. No, that's a good um, point.
2: He's not a guy who's going to go get his own shot or anything.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh Luke, um, do you want to kick the top five off? Right, wait, I wait oh. not say my Oh, number you're six, six, you're six. Sorry, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. Um my number six is Julius Randle. Okay. Um he he was last year he would have been top four uh for me um he has fallen off uh he S- sam was absolutely right about the new york knicks i'll I'll say that at the start of the year <laughs> our very first podcast i i said guaranteed top six and you said guaranteed <laughs> but not top top six and you're absolutely right um you even hey man like shout out to you you said the whole thing was a fluke before the season even and... started um i think I think what you said is absolutely true about him where it's really leveling out to he is that that two year ago Knicks player and that New Orleans Pelicans player, um, where just I don't think his impact can be as big as it as they're trying to make it to be um, positively anyway. And uh, just like as far as his shooting goes, he's shooting his field goal percentage is uh, lower than the average NBA point guards, and he's a and he's a six nine six ten power forward right like yeah. that 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 speaks a lot to the the the, the poor shots he's taking. Um, but as far as positives go, I mean, he's a he's a great playmaker. He will he will hit tough shots for you. Um, he's had he's had good plays in clutch situations. Um, his rebounding, his ability to run the floor, all these things are are very good. But uh, it's just it's just the shot selection is really bad for me, and, and his, de- his defense hasn't been anything special um, this season or throughout his career. So, all
2: right, yeah. Luke, you want to start the top five?
0: all right well of course anybody who's listened to the podcast before is gonna know that my top five is not it's not ranked it's just people who are entertaining for me and people who i like to watch um and people who have an extreme amount of potential and that's why uh, in my list my well my five but not necessarily any in any particular order was evan mobley just because like mm-hmm. you know he's such a he's a he's our like contrast to scotty barnes and like if there's any if there's any person who who I just love watching is somebody who's so fundamental and then uses those fundamental skills to branch out and then create their own game. And like Evan Mobley is just one of those guys that, I mean, you could trust in, in almost any situation and he's so young. Like it's, I mean, he doesn't necessarily have the, like we were talking about with, before with Scotty, like Scotty has this playmaking ability, you know, this ability to, to be that point, that point forward. Um, Mm-hmm. And uh like really be able to see the floor and stuff. And whereas I don't really think that they depend on Mobley for those same reasons why we depend on Scotty Barnes. Yeah. But uh but at the end of the day, like I think and also another reason why is I love defensive players. Um I love guys who 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 uh you know prioritize defense and the reason why is simply just because um you know the 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 NBA is becoming uh a more uh fast paced offensive game and you need uh, and and of course like in basketball the, the offense is always at the advantage right because you know it's not necessarily like you're like, you're running a specific set. The offense is always going to have, like, in just in a fundamental way, the advantage of the game of basketball. And so to be a good defensive player means that you have such a high IQ and high awareness of what you're doing on the court and what other players are doing on the court, and that you're able to analyze a player profile and be able to know what sorts of things that these players most likely and are least likely to do. And when, when you see Evan Moby play, it's like his defensive game is just flawless. Like, just just so, so yeah. flawless. And uh, to say that at, at, at such a young age is, is pretty awesome. I, yeah. I'm i really actually quite disappointed that, that um, the Cavs lost Ricky Rubio just because I think he was fitting in so well with that team. And I think he was having himself such a great season being a part of that group. I mean, we'll see how he comes back next season, but I mean, it's, with an injury like his at this late in his career, it's hard to be optimistic yeah, about, tough, uh, about how he's going to come back. Then again, Ricky Rubio's not an extremely explosive player. You know, he's he's not somebody who... Uh, like, I mean, I think a lot of people depend on Ricky Rubio for his decision-making abilities. Uh, similar, one of the reasons why they probably got Rajon, Rajon Rondo is just because of those, that ability that he has to, you know, be able to make the smart plays. Um, and, uh, you know... Overall, I don't really, I can't really say how much of an impact that's going to have on their season. I just think he was gelling so well. But um, the Cavs are a fun team to watch. They're not the team with that that had LeBron on that team. They're an entirely new group, um, and uh, I'm very just excited to see how they do in general. And and uh, man, I think Evan Mobley is just going to be a he's going to be a problem, man. He's going to be an absolute problem in yeah. this league. For yeah,
1: sure, no question. Sam. Uh,
2: all right, my number five is Demontis Savonis. Me too. Um, I am actually, like, pretty... I I wanted to put him lower because I'm i just not a big fan of his play style. Uh, I don't love, like, bigs who are ball dominant and can't shoot and can't defend. Uh, but his inside game and his passing is are both really good. Uh, I think his passing might get overrated a little bit but i think his passing would open up more if he was a little bit more versatile on the offensive end um but like as as a play hub right at the high post he can do a lot great roller uh like one of the best finishers inside and probably one of the five best like back to the basket type guys um yeah but yeah like i i don't i can't really put him over any of the other guys like i just don't think he's versatile enough and i think a guy like Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes will jump him pretty soon, um, but I mean, for what he does, though, he's he's pretty elite at what he does.
1: Yep. Um, pretty much same points here. It's his lack of versatility for me that uh, doesn't really do it. I think he's more of a center, though. Um, I don't think he's. Uh, I don't like he's he's being asked to to play like a power forward, which is why he's shooting a lot of threes, and I don't really think that's his game. Um, I think his playmaking is is uh, is very good for his position. Again, I I totally agree with that. I think it's overrated though. Um like he he's he's people call him one of the best big man passers and like he I, I'm not gonna say he's not, but he I don't he, I wouldn't I wouldn't just say that I wouldn't just wouldn't say that about him. I wouldn't put him in a conversation right, like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um but he, he is a he's a dominant rebounder. Um he's dominant down low. And he's DeMontis about <laughs> <laughs> us. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh all right. Uh Luke, your number four.
0: Uh, number four coming in for me, Draymond Green. Um, mm. Of course, it's I. I don't. Re- I feel like I want Sam to talk a little bit more about Draymond when he gets to Draymond because <laughs> Sam, sure. Sam, Sam is is Draymond. If Sam has is a basketball hey, player, he's learn. Draymond and Pascal. Um, minus minus <laughs> the true. height disadvantage, but in terms of the how you play and how that players you idolize. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I'm honestly just gonna say Draymond, and I'll wait till Sam. Goes ahead. Right. With his. <clears throat> um,
2: my number four then is uh, Pascal Siakam. Um, I mean, we're not going to talk about him too much. We've talked about him. Yeah. A ton, but I mean, given that this is the rap the best...
0: chat podcast, yeah, <laughs> you'd hope we talk a little um, bit about Pascal Siakam.
2: <laughs> Pascal is uh, when we talk about the best big men passers, his name has to be mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. one of the most versatile defenders on this list. Uh, can mm-hmm. score at the basket, uh, lethal in the mid-range this season. Uh, the only thing, you look at his offense, the only thing that he really doesn't do is shoot the three ball, but he makes up for it with his cutting, with his just overall IQ. Uh, just such a, I mean, awesome bounce back here for him so far. He's just really come into form yeah. and does like kind of whatever the Raptors need him to do on a specific night. He can be a scorer. He can be a playmaker. He can rebound. Apparently, like Dennis Rodman now. <laughs> um, so uh, and a defender,
1: a man. Pascal,
0: uh, his, def- his defense,
2: yeah.
1: super yeah. versatile defender. Um, yeah, my number four is also Pascal Siakam. Um, I mean, yeah, Sam pretty much covered it most. I've had a emotional roller coaster with Pascal Siakam <laughs> the past two years, but I think I think he's finally settled down. As uh, as I definitely, I've I've loved. Man, I mean, I've, loved, I've seen it from like past month the past month. Um, his rebounding, his his defensive versatility is something that's huge for me. I think he's, uh, at, his, at this position, he's one of the most versatile defenders. Uh, like, top three, probably. Uh, I mean, Draymond's number one. And then um, you put him and Jaron, I think they're pretty close together there. And uh, like you said, on offense, all he, really, all he really doesn't do is shoot the three. But something I really respect about him is that he understands that his three ball isn't falling now. Because last year, that, that was the problem, right, in the start of this year, is that he kept shooting and shooting and shooting, but it stayed at thirty percent, and it's like that's a lot of the balls not going in. Um, but he's finally understanding that look, that's not it's not working. Let's figure something else out. And he's working that mid range. He's working that post game. Uh, the spin moves back, and it's better than ever. Um, so yeah, number four, Pascal Siakam.
0: Luke, oh, sorry. Um, I, mine's Pascal. So uh, we we just yeah, we, okay. yeah, we just talked about Pascal. So. Yeah. Um, Pascal' as well, one thing I do want to say is uh, I think that one of the reasons why maybe he didn't shoot the three ball as, as well in past years was because he was deb- be, like th- he was being dependent on for things that were too much he had too much responsibility, being dependent on things that he was, he was not that guy to be able to do, because no, like, we didn't have guys like Gary Trent, you know what I mean like we, we didn't we- and see him
1: him becoming Fred, being, Fred becoming the guy is letting Pascal. Yes. Not have to be the totally. guy, right? And I think that's. I think we're seeing in a much more comfortable role as not being the number one option.
0: Absolutely, and I think that now. I mean, just within the Spurs game, we saw him drop like I think he only shot like two threes, but they or something like that. But they both went in, um, and mm-hmm. uh, or I know he. I know for sure he 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 made two threes last game, and uh, I think he was two for two. Yeah, and so, and they were in rhythm shots. They were great, and to be honest, I think that once he starts getting in his. His bag a little bit more when it comes to his mid range and the post in the 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 mid sorry the mid post sort of thing. Um, I think that he he can stretch the floor if he does have the opportunity to shoot a little bit less. If that makes any sense, you know, I think that giving him less opportunities at yeah. threes can at, can at three can actually be a, an advantage for him uh, because then you know he's not he doesn't feel the pressure he doesn't feel the pressure to make those threes. So then when he when he shoots the three. He's he and he when he does shoot three, uh, you know if he goes like whatever it is, maybe two for two for four or you know one for three or something like that. It's not the end of the world because you know it also reminds players that oh yeah he can also shoot the three sometimes. So, uh, he right. caused player to guard him like that. But I'm not I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about Basko because yeah you know, this is rap chat podcast right?
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um okay can I say number three first?
0: Yeah
2: go ahead.
1: Yeah. Okay, my number three. Is Anthony Davis? I didn't
2: have the guts to do this. I wanted to, but I couldn't do it. I
1: I had to do it, man. (laughs) Uh, This is the big change I made that I was talking about. (laughs) Um, Look, man, we're talking about. So let me give Anthony Davis his respect first. He is uh, one of the best power forwards you've ever seen. Um, He, I disagree with it. He was put on the uh, top seventy-five NBA players of all time list. I disagree heavily, Um, but he is an NBA champion he is averaged probably I don't have the stats up right now but he's averaged about 25 points a game for his career um and about 12 13 rebounds for his career um his defense is impeccable um but we got to talk about effort right now the, the 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 difference in effort between i'll just say Draymond's my number 2 so obviously yeah. um the difference Well uh, how about between, my
2: my three's Draymond my twos AD so
1: yeah yeah um the difference in effort between these two is is immense. And then I was I was wa- I wa- I've been watching a lot of the Warriors this year, and uh, just watching that Warriors Heat game a few days ago, he does so much for that Golden State Warriors team, and they are the best team in the league right now record wise, um, and not even just this season, but his the entire career he's the entire his whole career in Golden State he has been such an integral part of all their championship runs. Um, I like that that for the. First ring in 2015 was their first ring. Um, I don't think they get a ring without him. And um oh, and I don't, no I don't, I don't I think I just, they
0: lost. They lost the first round of the playoffs the year before.
2: Yeah,
1: I think yeah. so. Yeah, and that was in before. 20, Dra- 20 and then Draymond started coming to his own, right? Like, Something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, but no, and we the Pat. Man, watching Anthony Davis past two seasons has been so frustrating. Because you oh, yeah. know his talent, his talent is there. Absolutely, you He'd saw that. The, their in the championship world, year, you, yep. These, and their championship year, you saw that from him, right? He was a, yep. he was an amazing basketball player. He was trying really hard. You could see he wanted to win the championship. But it's, it seems like after he won, he just like, "Okay, hey, I did it. I'm good now." And he, it's, yeah. his, There's no effort, man. The reason he gets his numbers is because he's a he's a very talented basketball player. His size is crazy. He's gonna get those numbers whether he wants to or not, right? But. Um, but when you look at Draymond Green, every point, every rebound, every assist, every steal, every block, he is working hard for every defensive possession. He is working so hard, and uh, I just, I just, there's not, there's, there's, not enough I can say about Draymond Green's work ethic and uh, what he brings to to the Golden State Warriors' legacy. Man, so Draymond Green, that's is that's a-
2: like I if there's I, he just does. I think he is one of not even his big men. Pure passers. He's top 10 in the league for me. Um, yep. Steph Curry is amazing. Like, Steph Curry would be amazing no matter what. But Draymond with his screen setting, his passing. Uh, he's one of the only guys who can... He'll score. He could not score. He'll he'll take one shot in a game. Uh, but he'll have, like, 13 rebounds and 17 assists. Three blocks, yeah. two steals. And he's coordinating... And one turnover, maybe. <laughs> yep. And every, every, yep. he's the smartest guy on the court, right? He knows... Uh, where everyone has to be he's offensively, their point guard. defensively. Yeah, he's he's a point guard and a power forward's body. Um,
1: yeah, he he's a goal-state where his point guard. Steph Curry, um, he, like, he plays off the ball more than Draymond does. Draymond Draymond's is yeah. the guy they get the ball to in the half-court offense.
2: Yeah, and, um, and with Draymond, no. um, against, like, the Suns, he was guarding Chris Paul, and then he'll guard Anthony Davis. like, mm. Or he'll guard uh, a role player, but be amazing in the paint and, uh, like... He does everything kind of except score, but he, it doesn't matter because he does everything else at like an absolutely elite level.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I just, I just, I, I, I just can't watch Anthony Davis this season due no. to last. Like, it, it's, it's, it, it, he's, it's. He's with so much wasted potential. I'm seeing from him, man. And just, you know what? Anthony, like Davis, is what Anthony yes. Davis is my number three. Anthony Davis is my number three. Let's go. <laughs> Draymond <laughs> Green can bump
2: out to two, man. I, I should have done that Man, before. He deserves I, it. I didn't have the guts. He deserves <laughs> it. He deserves I, I need
1: it. To no, see I didn't you for a while it. either. <laughs> I didn't need it. and then I was shut, shut up my friend uh, Braden Smith. We were having a conversation about this. And um I was like, Yeah, my list would probably be uh Giannis at one, 80 uh, at two, and he's like, 80 at two? Seriously? And I'm like, Well yeah, who's gonna go over them? And then start, we started talk, we start talking about Draymond and I was like, Man, you're so right. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. he just it's easy to say Anthony Davis at two. Cause he's he's amazing he is amazing yeah but man when you when you're really watching basketball games and you really see what Draymond Green does for that team it is it is crazy yeah
0: Um, Uh, yeah.
2: who's your number uh, two Luke
0: Uh, my number two strictly for the highlight reel was Miles Bridges uh, just because he's (laughs) so entertaining to watch and. And I mean, maybe less so as of recent, as we've kind of discussed a little bit, but uh, I still, I still think that he has a lot of upside, and that you know, every player goes through droughts, and I think that if you're, if you're looking at the Charlotte Hornets in general, I don't think they've started the same, they've had the same energy as a team, at, at, no matter who you're talking about on that team, um, from the beginning of the season until right now. So, um, yeah, yeah, you know, when it comes to Miles Bridges, yeah, like. I I don't know I just can't get the Miles Bridges out of my I know, head. I he's, so. he's, he's such a good duo with the uh, with Eric Collins like yeah. that announcing. with oh my god! With that,
1: him, that that, that and, whole team LaMelo. and the commentators are a match made in heaven. Yeah, yeah. Like, that is the most entertaining <laughs> team to watch. Match with with the with the most enthusiastic commentators.
2: Totally. Um, totally. I have a feeling we all have the same number one, maybe um,
1: Utah Watanabe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> every time. <Never. laughs> every position. <laughs> um,
2: I don't. What Wait, else can you say? Is, Giannis the Greek
1: freak. Um, the Greek freak. Yeah, the thing. Greek freak. Everyone.
2: <laughs> who's been um, probably my MVP now. Um, I think he's overtaken KD recently. Like, Jan- I, I, I don't know what, what know do you can say about Giannis, like
0: dude, no, he it's could not, really it's not, be we can't MVP of the league for the, the next like three years, like no cap, yeah. like he has that oh, yeah. but that he, much he, potential.
1: Oh, if we're talking about Giannis, do you guys think he goes down as uh top fifteen player of all time?
0: Top ten. Oh,
2: for top sure. 10. You think so? I don't. I, I, I don't 10. know
1: if I want to say top ten, but I, I, I can definitely if you if you look at his, he's he's, he's well, how old is he now? Twenty seven. Twenty seven. Yeah, so he he's just entering his prime.
2: He's 27 That's and he's a two-time crazy. MVP, champion, Finals MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. How many All-Star games? How many All-NBAs? Like
1: I don't. He's, a, he's insane. He he could be in the GOAT conversation when it's all said and done, dude. You don't know. You never know. And and, and, and I mean, we, we see guys like LeBron develop a, a much better three-pointer later in his career. Giannis do the same thing, and then it's like, what yep. can't Giannis do at that point? Yeah, yeah, and, um,
0: yeah. And honestly, yeah, the conversation you know. the conversation and, uh, isn't isn't What can he do? It is what, like you said, it is what can't he do? It's there's nothing. He's a he truly is a freak. He has the body of somebody and moves like, like he has the body and moves like he has the body of somebody who's like six foot five, six foot six, and he's like basically seven feet tall. Like he's he's unbelievable. He's just so huge. And and uh, when you like sometimes, like when you watch him play, he looks like he just looks like a like a, like a like a 2 a, a, my player like a 2k guy who you just like is is the is, you max out on absolutely everything like <laughs> like he looks like a like a like a an enigma out there like he's just this 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 person or this thing that is separated from the rest of the people out there, like it's truly unbelievable to watch. And like, if you actually like, like I'd encourage anybody who 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 will catch a Bucks game or watch Bucks or likes the Bucks to just kind of sit and look at Giannis as he moves up and down the court, and look at his just look at how isolated he is from everybody else in terms of just how big he is what he's doing and his and his just abilities it, it's it's honestly unbelievable it's it, it's it's borderline supernatural like straight up it's 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 weird it's 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 insane to watch like it it's uh it, it i have no words to sometimes describe how good he is and and uh and just the type of player i think that the nba has never really seen a player like Giannis before
2: nope. no no no
1: no and I, I don't know when we will again to be honest just his yeah, uh never his, his 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 strength with his with his physique is is absolutely unreal and his attitude too um, man like his
0: personality yeah. it's one of the reasons why like oh he's such a like, good, uh, good if guy. somebody i like the bucks as a team i really do and if somebody would say like oh you're a bandwagon honestly i'd just be like at this point i don't really care if you call me a bandwagon or not i just like the way they play i like their mentality i think it's very similar to how the raptors uh organization works Um, and I just, I love Giannis as a player and I, and I, I love any team he, any team he's on, but more honestly, more in general, I do like the Bucks as a team. Like I just, and I, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be one of these guys who, who, who is the type of guy who's like, yeah, if you would have asked me like, you know, five, four or five years ago, or are you a Bucks fan? I would have been like, I don't watch the Bucks. And and you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't really care. But, uh, but now like and and it's because of Giannis, and sure, like yeah, like call me call me a Bucks casual, whatever you want. I I just know that every time I watch them play, and every time I see the, the Giannis, the team, I'm just I'm I'm in awe, and I think I'm I I actually genuinely am appreciative that I'm living during this period of time where I'm actually getting to witness this because it's fucking incredible.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. So um, is, is he
1: your number one, Luke? My number one. Is he is he is, is that is oh. that your number one, Luke?
0: Giannis. Yeah, that was yeah, that was me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, all right, do you guys want to do? Uh, well, speaking of Giannis, um, the Raptors actually yeah. don't play against him tonight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> About a half an hour. He's not playing. The transitions today. You're killing the yeah, transitions. Yeah, man, I, I've been on point. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Raptors play the Bucks. Uh The results will have been out by the time this podcast is released. Um, it'll be a good test. Like even without Giannis, that's a good team. Um, I'm
1: excited to see Fred go against Drew Holiday.
2: Mm, yeah, yeah they, they had a good battle last time they played so yeah that'll yeah, be fun see if you can keep it up uh and then we have a big test friday night the jazz come to toronto right. um that'll be really interesting to what we do with rudy gobert uh and just the whole dynamic there that's i have no idea what to expect but it's gonna be like that's a big test for us have we played yeah, the Jazz? i would say that uh no i don't think no so. yeah, yeah i don't think yeah uh,
1: i would i would i would say s- that could be the game to start Ken birch but i don't think it's gonna make much difference with rudy gobert to be honest
2: no no um and then i don't we probably will record before this but in case we don't raptors play uh the pelicans on sunday night and uh pelicans not a great team but they try really hard uh you and know, Devontae nice Graham seat.
1: hits 75 foot shots.
2: Yeah, you know, J- JV so. gets to come back to Toronto. I guess that'll be fun for him. No fans,
0: but yeah. Not Man. much for that one. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Uh, all right. That's good.
0: Okay. I think that is That's it all I've got. for everybody. All right. Okay. Well, uh, just in time. We got a little bit of time before the, the Bucks game. Um, all right, okay. Thank you guys, everybody, for tuning into the Rap Chat podcast. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you guys get your podcasts, make sure to leave us a rating and also leave us a review. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, where we post new clips of the show every single week. I'm your host, Luke Dick.
1: I'm Elias Eldridge.
2: And I'm Sam
0: Kenny. And we will see you guys next week. Peace out.
1: Peace.